You're listening to the Three Pixels Tech Gaming and Movie Podcast. Bonus episode, Movie First Impressions, presented and edited by Alan Taylor. Hey everybody, welcome to the second episode of First Impressions. L, who's backed by popular demand, joined me this past weekend to watch The Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro's fantasy romance, and here's what we thought. The thing we keep in that lab is an affront. Do you know what an affront is? Something offensive. That's right. We need to take it apart, learn how it works. We can either save him or let him die. Oh, woman, we gonna burn in hell. The asset. Do you have it? No! Honey, he's coming for me. The Shape of Water. I was so excited for this film. You were excited. Hmm. I still am. You're still, exci- <laughs> still excited for it? Do you want to see it again? <laughs> I'd go watch this again. I'd watch it again. Yeah. Hmm. So, what did you think? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I'm confused about my first impression. Take fifth exit to London. Like, I was really, really excited for it. I really enjoyed watching it. I'm not sure what I think about the ending yet. How can you not? It was amazing. I'm still processing. Like, I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> Exit left to Moongood. I, I want you to agree with me that it was amazing. No, you OK. Think it was but amazing? Yeah, that was fantastic. That was Guillermo del Toro's best movie. I, th- I well, that's... And that is saying something. I don't think so. Um, you don't think that's saying something? I don't think it was his best movie. It was tamer than I expected from Guillermo. I don't know if that's just me. So a little bit of context. This movie is about... Uh, a fish man! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's, it's 1960s Baltimore. It's, it's set during the uh, American-Russian space race, uh, and the Americans have just got this... Um, fish man. Fish man. And they From think the it's going to they think it's going to help them win the space race against the Russians. Somehow. However, Sally Hawkins, is working at this facility as a, as a cleaner. She falls in love with him and sets out on a mission to rescue him. Sally Hawkins was amazing. Yeah, I think she was awesome. The Fantastic acting was cast, awesome. All the way around, all the way through. Who played the fish guy? So, Doug Jones played the fish guy. I don't know who that is. And he's no stranger to playing Fishman because he played Abe Sapien in Hellboy. I've not seen Hellboy. So he is a fishman in, in Hellboy. He's also the pale man from Pan's Labyrinth. You know, the man oh, with the eyes in his hands. Really? He's also the fawn from Pan's Labyrinth. Very oh, cool. So he's a long-time collaborator with Guillermo del Toro. I mean, it definitely had Guillermo's, like, signature oh, kind of... Oh, it had his fingerprints all over it. But this definitely feels like a perfection of his but style. But I think it was lighter than he normally does. How do you mean lighter? Like, I know they went a bit psycho-whatever with... Um, Michael Shannon, but like I didn't think that was anywhere near as shocking as her stepdad in Pan's Labyrinth. I don't know. There was definitely some gruesome moments in this. I didn't feel like they were as bad as when I watched Pan's Labyrinth. How do you just what dark in tone? No, like you know when in Pan's Labyrinth he smashes someone's face in with a bottle, just like out, like really suddenly. Mm-hmm. That even when I watch it now after knowing what to expect, that still like gets me every time. It's like horrific. Whereas... There are definitely moments of 
uh, gore and I don't feel like they affected me as much. Maybe it's because I like Michael Shannon too much. <laughs> you can't see him do any wrong. But I like, I literally, I was just like, yeah, I don't think you can do any wrong in my eyes. It's just like, okay, put your foot, whatever, do that. <laughs> I don't mind. Uh, well, let's talk about the rest of the cast quickly. Sally Hawkins, fantastic. Yeah. Just did an amazing job without saying a single word. Yeah, she was very good. Richard Jenkins, the elderly man she lives with, he brought a really nice quality yeah, to it. Yeah, he was very good. Um, what else has he been in? Cabin in the Woods. Oh. But I kind of knew what was going to happen to him. Well, of course, they... This is what I mean. Like, normally with Guillermo, I can't predict what he's going to do. But this time, I kind of did. Like, I knew what was going to happen. That's what disappointed... I think that's what disappointed me, you know? Wait, I, you were disappointed? I was a little bit, because I uh, kind of, like, I predicted I what was going to happen. And I, do, I don't normally do that with Guillermo del Toro films. Like, he... I like the fact that he surprises me, normally. And this time, I was like, this is very nice. And I enjoyed it, and it was lovely and beautiful, and the scenery was gorgeous, and the actors were awesome. But, like, I knew what was going to happen in the story. And that disappointed me just a little bit. Maybe it's because I was like so excited about it, and I'd like You've wound built it up. You up the hype too much. But at the same time, I don't know if that. Like, I think, I think I am used to holding him to a higher standard, and he delivered, but in the sense that I'm so not story-wise. Okay, so let's. So you're saying the story was predictable? Yes, for me, yeah. Maybe that's just the way I think. Did you think it was predictable? I think what he does it here very well and what he does as a, as a director constantly is subvert um, genres and subvert plot lines. He, he usually takes uh, the classic fairy tale structure and subverts it, so especially in Pan's Labyrinth. Mm. That very much is a fairy tale gone wrong gone wrong or, or he'll take but this was just at face value 16. how do you mean this this film was at face value it was a romance they all lived happily ever after also we presumed there wasn't really that much back. like I was kind of expecting more gory violence and more angsty stuff that's not that's not what I wanted I want that's what I wanted you wanted gory violence I wanted like no I horrification <laughs> So again, again <laughs> about the subversion. This he's taken what uh, you expect, which is a creature feature horror movie, and he puts it slap bang in the middle of a 1950s romance. I already movie. knew it was a romance. It was very beautifully done. I just was ex- like uh, Pan's Labyrinth touched me on like an unearthly level. And I, I did love this film. I'm not saying I didn't love this film. I'm just saying I was a little bit disappointed by the fact that I predicted it before it happened because Pan's Labyrinth took me to places that I didn't, wouldn't have ever predicted. And each time yeah. I watch it, it's like another journey come alive. And, but and do you think maybe that's because in Pan's Labyrinth, the thing he's subverting is Spanish folklore, which you're not as familiar with, whereas this is Beauty and the Beast. I would not say it's Beauty and the Beast. Oh, come on. We've got the Beast, who's, like, rough at the beginning, but, you know, we've fallen in love with. We've got 
the, the princess, you know, at the beginning he, he opens by calling her the, the speechless princess. We've got the Gaston character in Michael Shannon. I don't know, that's not what I came to see. I didn't, I came to see Beauty and the Beast story with a whole lot of upness, which it didn't deliver on. That's what I wanted to see. So, okay, so I really enjoyed this beautiful... Maybe my expectations were just... Really, really charming romance. And the thing is, it was full of charm. Yes. Yeah, I, I looked at you were smiling through that movie. I kind of even when the gory things were happening, you had a big smile on your face. Yeah, even when the gory thing happened, I had a big smile on my face. Uh, oh yeah, you should because, you know me oh, so well. Come on. But <laughs> I probably only had the smile for the gory parts to be no, honest. No, I saw you. Which so was... the issue here is basically you just wanted it to be a different movie. The problem you're having with this movie is the problem I had with Crimson Peak when I first saw it. What? Like you expected I some... expected a, ha a haunted house movie and what I got was a gothic romance. Okay. I expected... You expected, for the, from this movie, is a gory, dark creature movie, right? Not a creature you movie. You just said I you expect... wanted a monster No, 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 no. I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be a creature movie. I thought it was going to be a dark, gory romance. Because even on the, even on the, like, bit at the start where it said 15, strong sex and violence and language, I was like, oh yeah, violence. <laughs> I was like, this will deliver. This speaks more about you than it does the movie, <laughs> all right? Okay. Like, you are literally saying what I'm saying, that it's a beautiful romance movie. <laughs> I'm just saying I enjoyed that. You're saying you didn't want that. I you wanted, wanted blood and gore. I wanted bitches to die. <laughs> So I kind of wanted time, to... No, no, no. I'll like, just take you to a Quentin Tarantino movie. I kind of, I'd love that. Something which I guess initially I, I would want, would have wanted more of them falling in love. But then as I was watching the movie and because of how charming it is, I felt like they didn't really need to explain it. I wanted... Like, I just accepted, like, no, I they think are just instantly in love. Even with the predictability, I think I would have been happy if the monster had been more difficult to love. Like, if the monster was more of a monster creature. As in, like, he maimed and hurt more people than he did, and she still loved him somehow. That would have maybe satisfied me. Stop trying to get him to kill more people! <laughs> it's not even people, just, like, anything. Eat more what cats, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is it's about two lonely people finding... He wasn't a person, though. It, he was a person. He was a fishman. Doesn't Does... mean he wasn't a person. Does he have, like, other spe like other fishmen no. in the Amazon? And how does he even Richard exist? Richard Jenkins asks him, like, have you been alone all your life? And this mo and it's, well, he's the same you... as... They're the same person. They've, these two he... lonely people what? have found each other and that's why it's so important that Where they're together. Where did he come from then if he's the only one of his species? He's, it doesn't matter. What was he born of? It doesn't matter. It does matter. It's completely irrelevant to Wait. their romance, to their love. I don't just like love stories for the sake of love stories. Ah, oh, this is a Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro fairy Flop. tale twist. Flop? <laughs> no. This is a Guillermo del Toro fairy tale twist on a 1950s romance. Yeah, you keep saying that. It's not Set convincing me. With musical number and with dance numbers. I hated that. What? 
I hated the fact that she suddenly started singing. He gave her a voice. No, he didn't. It was obviously someone else's voice. She wasn't actually singing. She was miming, like on purpose. In yes, the movie. obviously, obviously the TV was playing. He gave her a voice. She had someone to talk to. Not really. Well, she had everyone to talk to. No, she couldn't actually talk to anyone apart from him. He's the only one that understands her. I would have preferred it if she'd have never had that whole singing business. Because that did imply, because she said, he looks at me like I haven't, I, that I don't like any. there's nothing missing. She said to her friend that the fish man looked at her like she didn't lack anything. He didn't know what she was missing, right? Yeah. And then, <clears throat> later on in the film, they contradicted that by making her sing to him because she was like in love with him or whatever. And, but that implies that she does like something and she needs to sing to him. So I think it actually would have been better if she'd have never made a sound. I know it was an expression of her, but it could have been just the music and her not saying anything and dancing to that song with him. It didn't have to be her singing it, is what I'm saying. Like, they made the fact that she was mute, you know, a problem in the movie by doing that, I think. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. So, I, no, I didn't like her singing. I think they should have just danced to that song. It was a great sequence, though. It, it was very good, but like I said, I don't think she should have been moving her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and it was obviously not her singing. No, because that song I was... I know that was on purpose. The song was on in the background. Yeah. But you liked Beauty and the Beast. I liked Beauty and the Beast. And, and you still like Beauty and the Beast? I do still this like Beauty and the Beast. This was a better Beauty and the Beast movie than the one we got last year. It is a fairy tale, and I don't expect gore from that. What are you getting so no, hung up on the gore <laughs> for? I'm just, I didn't expect anything darker from that because I knew the story already. I knew it was going to be a Disney but, okay. film. Okay, you keep saying what this movie isn't. You, you keep saying you don't, you didn't, you were disappointed because this movie wasn't this, this, and this. You've not said a single bad thing about the movie apart from that it wasn't a certain things. But it's what it's lack. It's what it lacks, not what it's got in it. I think what it's got in it is good, but what it lacks, and makes it. I feel. I almost, understand what you're saying. I almost I, I mean, feel, I understand what you're saying, because I went through that with Crimson Peak. I almost feel like he hasn't finished it or added the final touches yet, like the what? final, final oh, touches. Oh, more blood spurts. No, no, no. They were perfect for each other. They were? Uh, what, what her flaw was. Complimented him. Yeah, exactly. And vice versa. But we didn't see enough of that. Yeah, he was in it, not as much as you would think. I don't think we saw enough of them complimenting each other. I do wish there was more of them together on a natural bonding level. Yeah. Also, she there kept feeding... No, like, I, know, I know I said earlier about how I, I, we didn't need that because we just uh, knew, knew the love straight away. But uh, yeah, I agree. I wouldn't have minded just some more of them alone together. But it could well be that because this is very much taken from 50s Hollywood love stories, that's what happened in those movies. Like, I, I completely believe their love story. I completely, 100% bought that they were in love with each other straight away, right? But I don't think the movie gave us the chance to fall in love with him. No. We loved her. She was amazing. Sally Hawkins, fantastic. I was looking forward to From the moment she was on people. the screen, you know, tap dancing down the corridor, we, we loved her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we fell in love with him. I think maybe the way they tried to make us fall in love with him was through... Uh, uh, sympathy for how, what the horrible situation he was in. You know, being kidnapped and tortured. The fact that 
we we've got this whole uh, uh, part of the movie that's probably half of the movie that's set, you know, in her home, and we see this monster made mundane. They're eating at together at a table. They're lying in bed together. I actually wish they explored the mundane <laughs> relationship. Maybe so, it's the type of film you need to watch more than once. I one hundred percent think we'll need to see it again to enjoy more of it. I think maybe you might understand it more the more you watch it. I would be interested to watch it with you again, to see going into it, not expecting what you were expecting the first time, mm. going into it knowing what it's going to be, yeah. and maybe enjoying it for what it is. I'd like to see if you still feel the same way after a second viewing. I, I'd, I'd love to watch it again, because I, I did enjoy I mean, You enjoyed the movie, though, right? I enjoyed it. I did not enjoy it. I liked it. I just... Um, you expected something different. Sorry it wasn't what you'd hoped for. No, not at all. I love Fishmen. There you have it. Those were our first impressions of The Shape of Water. I'd love to know what you thought of it. Did you love it as much as I did or were you disappointed like Elle? The email address is hello at the3pixels.com or you can send me a tweet at 3pixelspod. Obviously it's award season at the minute so we'll be checking out quite a few movies. Keep an ear out. The next episode of First Impressions will be with you soon. You've been listening to the Three Pixels podcast, a production by Alan Taylor, music provided by Epidemic Sound and exec produced by Abrupt Audio. With that, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night. She's not going to want to swim in the Amazon. Isn't the Amazon like a really dirty river? You have no romanticism about you at all. Oh my God, no, because it's not practical. She's not going to be able to see in the Amazon River. She's not got fish eyes. Do you know how dirty the Amazon River is? It's disgusting. Those crocodiles should get eaten.